This is episode 29 of season 3 of Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your host, Jess Robinson. And today, or this is the final podcast of our Friday podcast of weekly reading, and we are going over the New Testament portion. Uh, we are in the book of Luke, and in the book of Luke, uh, we start out with the, we're essentially going into the Passion Week and into Jesus's crucifixion, crucifixion as we will talk about for this week's podcast. Uh, this podcast will probably go a lot faster because we have, you know, essentially Matthew, Mark, and Luke are what are called the Synoptic Gospels. Essentially, they are similar, um, present the same similar ideas other than, uh, or is they pretty much present the same or similar story. Um, Mark is a little bit quicker, and we've also, and we went into more in depth with Matthew from the perspective that he went through or went with, and we'll just kind of point out some of the things that Luke uh, discusses in his gospel. Um, Luke uh, it, it, his is interesting because there are some, some things, some differences. Um, other than that, I will probably just say, you know, especially when we get to the signs of the end of the age portion of it, we will probably move forward. I, you know, I, I did a detailed podcast, uh, in the past and you can find that in, in the archives to discuss that. And, Later in the future, we'll discuss more of end time uh, revelation and and putting that all together. So we start off with the triumphal entry where he is riding the donkey. We see here um, on on the the colt of a donkey, and we see just the 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 actual when. The disciples actually go and get in the cult. The, the discuss, discussions that are made. And so that ends up happening here. Now there's a, a part where Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Now Luke points out a, a deal. In, in we see this prophecy that is made out in the book of Luke in, in chapter 19. And he said that the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. So he's essentially talking about that they missed out on on Jesus coming they didn't realize the signs of the times but he was also prophesying the destruction of Jerusalem that ended up happening in AD 70 what is interesting about this is it actually helps to understand uh, when you're starting to really read the Bible to understand when it was historically written so for Luke to write this, it shows because if it would have happened, you know, like uh, we think that we believe Luke and Acts was written prior to the 
the the destruction of Jerusalem because we think that at that time like the book of Acts would have continued on forward and probably would have had the the Jer destruction of Jerusalem so it was written prior before to AD 70 so that's what's so great about you know kind of these little tidbits these prophecies and so he made this prophecy and then he goes to the temple and when he goes into the temple he doesn't he he cleanses the temple now this is this an a he does cleanse the temple again or this is um the first time he uh i'm trying to like word this right the first time he and we'll read it in the book of john as well that when this the first time is that he goes to the temple and cleans us out. This is another time. This is a later time that he cleans the cleanses the temple. And what the Lord really put on my heart in that time is cleansing about cleansing our own temple, our own body, our own soul, looking to our lives, especially during these days, to really see what is happening in our lives and, and what can, you know, what are things in our lives that are not approved by God that we need to remove out of our lives. And so that's the essence of, of the rest of chapter 19. Uh, we're going to jump into chapter 20. Then we go into chapter 20 of Luke and we see the authority of Jesus questioned and we kind of talked about it a little bit in Matthew and Mark. I was kind of looking through my study Bible and just some of the things and it really struck to me that because this happens after Jesus cleanses the temple and, and actually based on the or he cleanses the temple and they're and the religious leaders are questioning Jesus' authority to cleanse the temple because here Jesus is presenting his authority as as the son of God. Uh, the the leaders, the religious leaders were in essence they were very offended in anger because Jesus had condemned the evil practices within God's house because they were breaking the law essentially and there was just evil and corruption there. But they themselves, the religious leaders, were tolerating and participating in those practices. And it just shows how unfit they were to be spiritual leaders. And, you know, Jesus, who was the true spiritual leader, who is our our mediator, our our priest before us, he used his authority for the sake of truth and righteousness, even though it cost him his life. And that's how it is too, is that we have to, even when it's showing other, because there are spiritual leaders out there that are actually un, unfit to be a spiritual leader because they're condoning evil practices in this world today. And we have to stand, you know, for truth and righteousness, even if it may mean that we have to die because we have to stand for what God's word is and its truth, which is Jesus.
And then he gets into the parable of the tenants, which is, you know, pointing to the religious leaders, the Jewish people that, that they were the tenants. And, and now, you know, the salvation is is essentially going to the Gentiles. So there's that, and then paying taxes to Caesar that, you know, that wonderful thing we talked about, paying taxes to Caesar, you know, give Caesar, you know, what is Caesar's and give to God what is God. They were trying to trip him up and essentially they were utterly failing because Jesus was standing on the truth. And then the resurrection and marriage, um, we've talked about that in past podcasts. We're really not going to go into it, but this is where the Sadducees, which are a different sect, in, in Judaism, or Judaism, they didn't believe in resurrection angels. You know, they, they were very, they were happy with the status quo of the way things were. And they were kind of up in the higher up society. So they were kind of just separated from society itself. But they came and talked to him and asked him about this whole thing with the resurrection and marriage. And I've talked about that in a previous podcast um, that how essentially this could not actually happen, but they pose this question. And in this part of the Passion Week, he ends up recording or essentially telling the Sadducees that they had misinterpreted the word, which they had, you know, and, and there are people that do misinterpret the word and, they misconstrue it for, for something else. And and that's why we have to read the word and know it. As I was talking earlier, you know, in, in the podcast for this week that, you know, we need to know the word because people are going to misconstrue it. Then Jesus turns around and and he asks them, whose son is the Christ? You know, and and essentially we've talked about that one as well in the book of mark that that you know the christ was human but also divine and and jesus was both 100% human and 100% divine and so we're going to take a quick break cuz that's chapter 20 and we're going to jump into chapter 21 So we're at the widow's offering in chapter 21 of Luke. And Luke and Mark both recorded, but not Matthew. Um, and and I just want to say, you know, people, people go, oh, you know, then Matthew's not true if he doesn't have the widow's offering. One, Matthew probably may not have been there at that time. He is a disciple. He was close to Jesus, but... At that time, it's as I said, and you know what I've learned throughout the years. If all three gospels would have been the same, written the same, then you have to question it. It's just like when you're in a court of law and there's a crime committed, and you'll see in a court of law that the defendant is not to talk to any witness. Bef- during this time because 
before the trial because they don't want the witness statements to get cross-contaminated. And, and it's the same way that witnesses are not to talk to each other about the crime. And it's to because each person has something to add and develop the what the event that happened, the incident that happened. And you'll see too when you if you ever get a chance to be a juror, what you'll notice is what they do is they sequester the witnesses, which means they cannot watch the trial until after they have testified. And once they've testified, if they're not going to get called back up onto the witness stand, they essentially get to, they will, you know, if they're not called back, they get to watch. But if they're called back, they have to go back out because they cannot, you know, we can't have a contaminated, you know, statement. And so it's essentially that way with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Each one brings something. And so, you know, Mark, or Mark and Luke bring the widow's offering. And the widow's offering is essentially, you know, this widow gave everything you know, the, the people, the riches people gave out of their riches, but the widow gave everything out of her own, you know, wages, essentially, that could have bought her bread, that could have bought her food. That's what it's all about. And sometimes we do. It's about giving all of everything that we have to, to the Lord. And in chapter 21, it goes over the signs of the end of the age. And this means that it's important that if it's in all three of these Gospels, and, and they essentially um, are pretty similar. And so I'm just going to refer you to when we talked about it from the book of Matthew, because it's actually pretty interesting that way. Um, and... 21, 5 through 6 and 12 verses 23 is actually prophesying the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70, which adds to, you know, what I was talking about when he was weeping over Jerusalem. And then we get into, I just want to point out in verse 26, men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And essentially, I want to just say that this in a way is coming true. When we saw what we saw with COVID nineteen and what we're seeing with the riots is it's there's a lot of people that are fainting from terror and apprehensive of what is coming. I sit there on Facebook and people are just like, "What is next? What is next with 2020?" And I just want to say, you know, I think we're we're closer to the signs of the ends of the of the age. We are really getting close to the end where Jesus is going to come back. And rapture his church. I believe it because, you know, as there's been people that have prophesied over the years, certain things that will happen. And, and one of those things is an end time revival. And lately, the last few years, now there's David Wilkerson. He passed away. He's been, you know, dead for some time, but he had a, a vision, a dream and prophesied that there was going to be a plague and that before the plague was over, 
there would this plague was going to cause people to turn back to their Bibles, um, and that he had seen like the streets of New York were going to be empty, and then. And then there was Perry Stone, and Perry Stone had revealed a dream that he had where essentially he saw people rioting in the streets. And while rioting in the streets, and I mean, there was like cities where buildings are set on fire. And there was people fleeing the cities. And I was talking to a real estate agent, and his brother is actually works for a real estate agency in a rural area. Like these people were fleeing to, and this dream was fleeing to the rural areas. And so today, you know, and this dream was years ago, but now here we are. And I was talking to a real estate agent and this real estate agent's brother and Cody was saying that he was getting phone calls from people in the cities wanting to come to the rural areas of Wyoming to get away from the riots, get away from this whole COVID-19 situation just to get away. And, and in these dreams that these people were having that there was going to be revival when these people hit. And I, I told my husband, I said, this is freaky, but this is the Lord. And, and I believe we're closer and people were going, Oh, with Bill Gates, you know, with this vaccine, you know, this is the mark of the beast. Do I think it's the mark of the beast? Probably not. I know we're getting closer to the mark of the beast, the technology of it. We're getting closer, but my focus is on Jesus because we're not going to be here when, when that mark of the beast comes. It's after the rapture of the church based on, on scripture and it's when the Antichrist is revealed, has been revealed. And because he's the one that reveals the mark of the beast, we have not come across the Antichrist. I do not believe Bill Gates is the Antichrist. <laughs> I, I don't, because essentially the Antichrist is not revealed until after the, you know, church is raptured. We won't, we won't see him. So... That's essentially uh, 21, I believe. So I'm, we're going to take a quick pause and jump into 22. We are in chapter 22 of Luke, and this is essentially jumping into the last in you know night the night before Jesus is is crucified and Judas agrees to betray Jesus and then and we think we essentially think this is either what would have been Tuesday night of of the passion week or essentially Wednesday making Wednesday kind of a silent day when you refer it to that way. Now, people are going, well, there was no Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in, in, on the Jewish calendar. I understand that, but that's how we put it. You know, that's the way we do it when we talk about it is in essence like what it would look like on the calendar for us. It would essentially, you know, be that way. So, and there's more to it. And in past podcasts that I've talked about, then we had 
we have the Last Supper, and Luke is pretty much corresponds with Matthew and Mark, especially when it comes to communion, that they celebrate communion, which essentially took over Passover. And as believers, we continually take communion as remembrance of what Christ did on the cross, that his blood cleansed us of our sins, and his body heals us, and and that we will continue to take or the communion until Jesus comes back to get us until the rapture, you know. So that's essentially, uh, he talks about that. But I want to point out something that Jesus, that Luke puts with, with Jesus and Peter that we don't see, necessarily see in Matthew and Mark. And Luke writes, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. This is Jesus talking. But I pray for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And so he's essentially, you know, predicting that, that Peter is going to disown Christ. Disown him, you know, three times before the rooster crows. Um, what ends up happening here is, I just want to say... You know, he's really, we can relate to this, that our faith will sometimes be sifted through trials. And and we see it here with COVID-19, how our faith has been sifted, you know, especially with, with churches having to just do online worship, you know, your believers being scattered. It's, we have seen our faith being sifted during this time. And, and for some people, you know, it really didn't affect them. You know, here in Wyoming, we weren't affected as bad because we really didn't totally shut down versus other places like New York and where there was lock, you know, essentially shutdowns of uh, Virginia and all of that. So, you know, that the, we go through you know, our faith gets sifted like wheat, but when we come out on the other end, we have to go strengthen our brothers and and sisters in Christ. That's what we are to do. That is part of the body of Christ. We are here to encourage each other because what we go through, the 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 trials that we go through in this life, we you know, somebody else is gonna go through the same exact thing and we have to be there to encourage them and lift them up. And so that was just what I wanted to point out in that. And then they go to the Mount of Olives and Jesus prays. And I want to just point out he, you know, the prayer, his deep prayer of, and point out that Luke points out, he writes in it about the, that he had sweat that was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And that's an actual medical condition where it's to the point your body is so stressed out that you're sweating drops of blood. And an actual apologetic uh, Christian where they go to defend the faith, they went and talked to a medical expert about this. And he said, okay, so then the next day he's getting flogged. He said, so what, you know, how's this you know, essentially happened. And actually the doctor had pointed out saying, well, I know what you're talking about. And he said the next day 
when Jesus is being flogged, his skin would have been tender and the pain would have been, you know, 10 times more severe before because what it does is it ten- your your skin and your nerves are tender from that. And so he went essentially when he was flogged through went through a lot more pain. And and so it really makes you think, wow, you know what he went through for us. So that's you know what happens and and he's comforted because he's going through and it's hard. It's not fun what he's going to have to go through, but he's going to continue to do it because of God's love for us and, and his love for the Lord and, and the Lord loving us so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us. We go through Jesus's arrest. We go through Peter disowning Jesus. And actually we see in this version that when the rooster crows, the Lord turns and looks straight at Peter. So Jesus was outside with them and Peter goes, wow. And for him to have that look, it probably, you know, scarred Peter to see that. And so, and then the guards mock Jesus. Now this is where it's, it gets a little bit different. The trial before Jesus or the trial of Jesus before Pilate and Herod. Now, it's essentially the same that it starts off with the the Jewish council. Now, he has a daybreak. Essentially, it still happened during the night. But there's this trial, and I think it lasted through the night, and about daybreak is when they decided that he was going to die. The thing about it was, it was blasphemy was his charge. Uh, it's something that I point out, out every single time. Blasphemy was his charge. And because of the Roman rule, they still let the Jewish people rule how they were to rule based on their laws. But when it came to the death penalty, it was the Romans that had to approve it. So they go to Pilate and pile and begin to accuse and, and that... And they and they make these false accusations about him that he's subverting the nation. So you're seeing that they're starting to change their the charge because Romans were like blasphemy is not worth death, and that he opposes payments of taxes to Caesar, and 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 Pilate. But you know Pilate doesn't see anything wrong. And they're like, oh, he stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee, and then they find he finds out he's a Galilean. And this is where it's a little bit different because we don't see this in Matthew, and we don't see this in Mark. But in the trial of Jesus, he was at Pilate, and then Pilate sends him to Herod. It's not Herod the Great that tried to kill him before. It's a different Herod from the same family line. And Herod essentially is like, wow, I get to see this Jesus. And he's excited, but Jesus is not saying anything. So they they go and mock him because he's like, who is this guy? And this causes peace between Herod and Pilate. They were once enemies. And then he goes back to Pilate and 
that is when you know Barabbas is is released. He's the insurrectionist, and Jesus is sent to die because they and they keep changing. You know, they they went from blasphemy to a political charge that essentially he was you know going against the Roman government. And so he en- he ends up giving in to the people's demands. And and so that was essentially up into the reading that we were doing through verse 25. And so for the next podcast that will happen next week, we will be going through We'll be starting in Luke chapter 23 at verse 26. And we're going to finish the book of Luke. And that's through chapter 24. And then we're going to start at John chapter 1. And go through John John chapter 3 verse 21 for, for next week. And so that's it for the New Testament portion of this podcast. Um, for episode 29 and we will be starting another season season four starting out fresh and let me finish off in a prayer and I just want to say thank you Lord Jesus Lord we look at the story of your life Lord and and that Lord we just look at the little details and in, in the, the life that happens, you know, the story that is coming to life of, of what you did for us, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you, God, for what you did on the cross for us, the, the beating that you took, Lord. And I just pray that you would be with us, Lord, as we continue to read your word, guide and direct us. And, and that, Lord, that we would just worship you, Lord, and that your word would continue to be revealed in our hearts. And we just thank you, Lord, for what you continue to do. And we glorify you and magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, you guys. And we will see you at the next following week. Mm-hmm.